This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. The message I want to share, and I believe that God wants to deposit not only in this house, but every place that God opens the door for us to share and to minister the Word of God. This is my message, this is our message for the nations of the world for this year. It's called brokenness that leads to salvation. Everyone say brokenness that leads to salvation. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those hearts who are loyal to Him. The Webster's define loyal as having or showing complete and constant support to someone or something. True loyalty creates space. When we are loyal to someone, we make space for them. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. Few nations... Few nations have made space for God like the United States of America. From its inception, its founders have made space like few before. 1,500 scriptures built into its foundation, releasing light in the midst of a dark, dark world. The catalyst for this transformation was found in the Reformation of the 1600s with Martin Luther and then the Great Awakenings of the 1700s with Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. Through these men, the Word of God was powerfully preached with Holy Spirit, fear, and conviction. This led to a great outpouring of heartfelt repentance among the colonies, the 13 colonies. This brokenness and contriteness turned the heart of God towards the people. And by 1776, those 13 colonies under the tyranny of King George of England had, by the providence of God, been set free like the children of Israel from the slavery of Pharaoh. Hello, Olive Branch. A new nation was born. God bless uh, the that I love. Come on. And so from the streets of Pennsylvania Avenue, the Liberty Bell rang. From Philadelphia to the nations of the world, the sound of freedom was heard. This city on a hill began to draw millions to its shores from Germany, France, England, Scotland, Ireland, Italy, Spain, China, Africa, near and far, land and sea. They came with a hope to secure their liberty. Within a short time, America became one of the most powerful and prosperous nations on earth. America was exceptional because God was at the forefront of its foundation. Abraham Lincoln said this. He says, America will never be destroyed from within. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Joseph Stalin said, America is like a healthy body and its resistance is threefold. It's patriotism, it's morality, and it's spiritual life. If we can undermine these three areas, America shall collapse from within. 
1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In 2017, is America still exceptional? In 2017, is America destroying herself? In 2017, is America collapsing from within? Is America losing her morality, its patriotism, and its spiritual life? In the following statistics, we see fruit of the battle that we are all facing, not only in America, but throughout the nations of the world. America has the highest STD infection rate in the industrialized world. Approximately 110 million people has a sexually transmitted disease. America has the highest teen pregnancy rate in the world. It is estimated that one in four girls, one in four, one in four little girls and one in six little boys will be sexually abused before they become adults. Many are abused by people close to the family or even family themselves. America has the highest abortion rate in the Western world. More than 56 million babies have been aborted since 1973. America has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world. Approximately one out of every three children in the United States lives at home without a father. It is estimated that 89% of all pornography in the world is produced here in the United States of America. According to a study conducted by the Mayo Clinic, nearly 70% of all Americans are on at least one prescription drug. America has the highest incarceration rate and the largest total prison population in the world. Without strong families, our young people are constantly in search of identity. According to the FBI, there are now more than 1.4 million gang members involved in 33,000 active criminal gangs in the United States. The average young American will spend 10,000 hours playing video games before the age of 21. 15-year-old children that attend U.S. public schools do not even rank in the top half of all industrialized nations when it comes to math or science. 60% of all Americans believe that humans and other living things have evolved over time, while only 33% reject this statement. America is over 19 trillion in debt and is the most indebted nation in world history. She was a nation of producers and now a nation of consumers. In 2017, the Holy Spirit is coming to this group of people and he's asking them an honest question. In 2017, is is America still exceptional? Is America destroying herself? Is America collapsing from within? Is America losing her morality, patriotism, and spiritual life. The foundation of her exceptionalism will live forever as these 1,500 scriptures it was founded upon will live forever. But as Abraham Lincoln warned, she is destroying herself. The consequences of sin, apathy, denial, pride, and forgetting her foundation are all working together to destroy her beauty from within. The false doctrines of socialism introduced to Americans' beautiful children by John Dewey and those who promoted him are twisting the minds and the hearts of God's precious people, creating a crisis in identity, leaving a path of death and destruction in its wake. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15, 
15, beware, 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 beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. The coat of arms for Fabian socialism just so happens to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And her teeth have a grave grip on the soul of this nation and many other nations of the world. These statistics didn't happen overnight. We did not wake up one morning living in a lost and broken society. This has been an incremental, premeditated, carefully thought out plot to rob, to kill, and to destroy. And the question is is today. The question is at this moment, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Jesus says in Luke 19.10 that he came to seek and he came to save the lost. He says in verse 13, he says, he said to occupy till I come. Luke 19, 10 to 13 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus did not sit around watching the lost. He didn't just talk about the lost. He was proactive and he went to seek and save the lost. How did he save the lost? He left his place of comfort and perfection to be where the people are. John 1 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred more, for He was before me. And of His fullness we have all received grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth He came through Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus have to come? So that the lost could see in him who we were made to be. I'll say that again. Why did Jesus have to come? Jesus had to come in the flesh so that the lost, you and I, we could see in Jesus who we were made to be. Come on, help me just a little bit here today. Before you and I receive Christ, that picture and painting, that story of Jesus, that's who we were made to be. That, see that? That, 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 that story you see at Easter, that story on the television, that, that, that person, before you and I receive Christ, that's who we were made to be. But something happens, Pastor Bob, at the moment that you and I open our hearts. And this is the most exciting thing in the whole wide world. Something happens at the moment that you and I open our hearts to receive Jesus. A transformation happens. Now, that Jesus, that, that Jesus is no longer who we were made to be. That Jesus is now who I am. The Bible says it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives inside of me. Do you know who you really are? Galatians says it. It says, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Come on, somebody, help me. 
In the moment that you and I were baptized, you remember we're talking about baptism. Why do we need to be baptized? Because when we are baptized, it is significant. When, when we go down in the water, it is significant of us dying. We die with Christ. We are buried with Christ. When we come up out of the water grave, we, we rise with Christ. We're buried with Christ. We rise with Christ. And now you and I are seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father with Christ. You say to me, but what's my problem, man? What's my problem? I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. But what is my problem? When I look in the mirror, huh. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but what? Transformed. Let's read it. What's our problem? This is it. Be not conformed, Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our biggest battle in life is in the mind. What are we feeding on? What do we, what do we allow our children to feed on? There is a war that is raging for our minds and our hearts and our lives. This word is full of keys. Listen, this word is full of keys that unlock the treasure that is already living inside of you. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Come on, we need a bit of life in this place. This is the most phenomenal thing in the world. In this book are keys that unlock the treasure. Sorry, I'm so sorry. You're right. That unlock the treasure that is already living in you. But if we don't feed on it, if we don't allow it to wash us, we, we, we can be living uh, where we, we're actually kings and queens, but we're living like paupers. And it begins in the mind. It begins in the mind. It's the war, the battle, the fight that all of us face. What are we feeding on? What are we allowing into our lives? We've got to spend time renewing our minds with the Word of God. Through Adam's sin, listen, through Adam's sin, our original identity was lost. But in Jesus, our identity is restored. John 1, 12 says, But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. <coughs> How did Jesus save us? Number one, he revealed himself to us. Say this, how did Jesus save us? Number one, he revealed himself to us. Why? So that we could see in Jesus who we were made to be. The image of humanity, the identity of us as human beings was destroyed through Adam's sin. Through Jesus, we see the original plan. That guy there, that's who we were made to be. Come on, somebody. Secondly, he died for us. Why in the world did Jesus have to die for us? Why did he have to die? Hebrews 12, 24 says that the, blood of, that the blood of Jesus, it speaks. Say the blood of Jesus. It speaks. What's it speaking? 
It's been talking, it's been shouting for over a thousand, two thousand years. It's been shouting, it's been, it's been, the, the blood of Jesus speaks. What's it speaking? In the blood of, listen, this is what's it speaking. In the blood of Jesus is redemption from the curse of sin and death. In the blood of Jesus, the power of sin in your life and my life has been destroyed. Number one. Number two, in the blood of Jesus, the wall of separation between us and God has been removed. It says here, but now, Ephesians, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. That wall of separation between you and God called sin has been destroyed through the precious blood of Jesus. In the blood, in the blood, in the blood, we receive our inheritance. In the blood. How powerful is the blood? In the blood, you and I receive our inheritance. Shortly after the blood of Jesus began to flow in a small room on the day of Pentecost, the fire of God, the breath of God fell on the earth again. The blood preceded the fire. The blood made way for the breath. The blood restored the breath. There is something more important than stuff. There is something more important than food. There is something more important than the water we drink, and that is the Holy Ghost in our lives. We have the breath of life again inside of us to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. To help you make right choices in our marriage. Help me love my wife. Help me love my family. Help me to be you and I to be all we were made to be. In the blood, the power in the seed was released into the earth. Say in the blood, the power in the seed was released into the earth. What do I mean? Look at this. John 1:14 says Jesus was the word of God made flesh. It also says says that that the word of God is a seed. So, Jesus the word of God made flesh was a seed. You want to say Jesus was a seed. What do seeds do? They grow. I take the seed and go out the back here and plant a carrot seed. What am I going to get? I take that same seed and go all the way to New Zealand. I'll go to the Shire. Let's just say I'm going to go to the Shire. And I plant that seed, that carrot seed into the Shire. What am I going to get? Carrots. Now, it, admittedly, the hobbit carrots are probably a bit bigger than the ones we're going to get here. Because hobbits just seem to know how to grow carrots. But within the seed, within the seed, there's something so unique. Within the seed... Within the seed, because of the DNA structure of a seed, it has the ability not just to produce, but to reproduce after its kind. Jesus was a seed. Jesus, the Word of God made flesh, was a seed. And within Him was the ability to not produce, but reproduce after His kind. In Him was the DNA of God in heaven restored back to the earth. Why did He have to die? Why did He have to die? John 12, 24 says, Most assuredly I say unto you, that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Jesus, the Word of God made flesh, had to die to release what was in Him 
into the earth. A new kingdom, a new culture, a new people. In his death came life, in his brokenness came salvation to the world. And then he commanded us, he commands all of us to occupy till I come. Jesus did not watch the lost. He didn't just talk about the lost. He went to the lost. In the same chapter, he said, Occupy till I come. It says in Luke 19:10, For the Son of Man has come not to see, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. He says, and and as they and as they heard these things, he added and spoke a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because he thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear, because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a faraway country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said, occupy till I come. Jesus was the nobleman who went to that faraway country, but he left riches for his people to do his business in the earth. He said, occupy till I come. And the question this morning is that the Spirit of God brings to all of us as God's people is what are we doing with the riches that God has given us? What are we doing as a people with the riches that he has placed within our lives? What are we doing with the restored identity? with the restored dominion, with the restored authority. What are we doing with it? 1 Peter 2.9 says, We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people who proclaim in the praises of Him, who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and of children, then heirs of God, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, with the glory with the glory that shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many. Jesus was the firstborn son of many sons and daughters of God. And he said this, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Are we seeking this kingdom? Are we seeking his kingdom? Or are we seeking other kingdoms? Matthew 6.30 says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he much more not clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What is the kingdom? We ask that. What is the kingdom? Romans 14, 16 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, it is peace, 
and it is joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit, and its fruit in our lives is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where is the kingdom? Luke 17, 20 says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. When I was 18 years of age, at 16 years of age, I was touched by God in a powerful way. My whole life turned upside down, and I am literally on fire. By age 18, I'm off to India. I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing miracles. I'm seeing people walking, uh, cripples coming alive. I'm seeing dead men come alive. I'm seeing deaf ears open. I'm seeing the blind see, and I'm just on fire, ready for India. I get to India, and I'm the most miserable man on earth. Why? Well, you see, you know, New Zealand's got 4 million human beings and 60 million sheep. India's got about a billion humans. Yeah? And so, and so it's now, if you're from India, I love India. But at that moment, it was a struggle, right? I get to India, I get to India, and some of, some of the Indians, uh, when they need to go to the bathroom, they just do it wherever, wherever you are, right there. They just throw down there. And I'm looking at that thing going, Lord Jesus, help me. Some of these, in, <laughs> some of the, some of these Indians, some of these Indians, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm yeah, hungry. So I go to the stall and I see what I see, what I think is, is, is a honey, is a, uh, is a, a bees, bees on a honeycomb, right? As I get closer, I see that they're cutting something off this honeycomb, and it's actually a leg of some, a leg of lamb or something, and those are not bees, but those are flies. So I, didn't, I wasn't feeling good in India. And so I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I say, how in the world am I supposed to be a lie? How in the world? I'm miserable. I just want to go home. I don't like it here. The Holy Spirit says to me, are you living in the kingdom? I said, what are you talking about the kingdom? So I began to study the kingdom. He began to show me that the kingdom of God is within us. We carry this kingdom. It is righteousness. It is peace and joy. So no matter where we are on this planet, whether you're in Olive Branch, whether you're in Memphis, Tennessee, whether you're in the Shire with the hobbits, whether you're in a war in Ukraine or an Islamic state in Pakistan, you and I can have joy. You and I can have peace. You and I can have comfort. We can have a light. We can be light. We can be all that God created us to be because the kingdom is not there, here, or here. The kingdom lives within us. It lives within us. So what are we doing with the treasures that God has given us? Second Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of God may be of God and not of us. Ronald Reagan says this. He says, the struggle now going on for the world will never be decided by bombs or rockets, by armies or military might. The real crisis we face today is a spiritual one. At root, it is a test of moral will and faith. God wants to show himself strong. He knows your struggle. He sees my struggle. He wants to work on our behalf, but he is a gentleman. He will never force himself upon us. The church of the living God is not a brand or a business. It is not a franchise or an organization made with man's hands. The church of the living God is a body of people made in his image, fashioned in his likeness, and filled with the breath of His Spirit. 
Are we living, question, are we living a life that is loyal to Him? Are we making room for Him in our lives? Revelation 3, 14 to 22 says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodicean write, These things, says the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with him with me to him. Listen, listen, listen. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the lost, to the lost, to the church, to the church. Are we lukewarm today? Can we be honest with each other? Can we just get rid of these just ridiculous facades as Christians? Can we please be honest? There's desperate cry of God's Spirit. There is a road path that He has laid out for all of us. There is a way, and it's a straight way. It's a narrow way. It is not the broad way that leads us to life. And His Spirit is trying to get a hold of us as people that we would understand the responsibility that we have that becoming a Christian is not just coming to church on Sundays, singing a couple of songs and saying hi and hug with hugs and kisses and giving an offering. There's so much more. You are, you are so much greater. The Spirit of God has created you in His image and His likeness, and He's, he's made you and I to be his house where he wants to live and he wants to dwell and he wants to reach out into this world around us through us. But if we're so often distracted by so many things in this earth, if we're not being led by his spirit and we're led by our own needs and our flesh, we miss the beauty and the wonder of being his hands and feet in this earth. Are we those who say, I am rich? I have become wealthy. I have no need of nothing. And don't we know that we are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? Our world, this world is a mess, not only in America, all over the globe. Our world is a mess because we have stopped being loyal to God. We've stopped making space for Him. And I'm here to tell you today, even though the world around you is a mess, your life and my life does not have to be a mess. If we will follow Him, 
if we will come with a broken and a contrite heart, brokenness and repentance always leads to salvation. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and then I will forgive their land, forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Let's all stand together. Where is our heart? Is our heart, where are we at? Where is our heart at, family? Where are our lives? This is not a game. Our life is not a game. This is, it's not a game. It's so serious, but so simple. So simple in Jesus. It's not confused. It's simple if we'll just follow Him and love Him and obey Him. I want us to sing this song at the cross. And as we do, let's just for a moment take inventory of our lives. Take inventory of our hearts. Take inventory of where are, where are we at in this moment. Where, what, 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 what is our focus? Are we, are we in the will of God in our lives? If we are, awesome. If we're not, we need to get to where we need to be. But at the cross, family. There's repentance at the cross. There is forgiveness at the cross. There is life. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 662- 890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.